Behold, a gateway to your own past, if you wish. History's strange, it's alien, and it won't give us what we would like to have. Welcome to our third hour of our Tuesday morning on Bill Mick Live. It's brought to you by the McPherson Financial Group at BillMick.com. Our headline today is simply, Dave Does History. It is uh, a great hour of the show where my buddy Dave Bowman, host of Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast, brings us a uh, rather unique look at history. Today, we're going to look at history itself. Just what? And who decides what history is and what's to be acknowledged and not? Let's welcome from Silverdale, Washington, my buddy Dave Bowman. Morning, Dave. How are you, pal? I'm good, Bill. How are you today? Very, very well. By the way, if you want in, we'll get to calls a little later at 321-768-1240. You can always use the talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app if you're listening to WMMB via that method. Uh, Dave, what's on your mind as we get a Tuesday started? We're back in the Wayback Machine at some point, and we're going to have some fun today. So I, I told you last week that one of my passions in history is the 18th dynasty of Egypt. Now, mm-hmm. pretty much the only pharaoh of Egypt that people, well, there's two. There's Ramses. Everybody knows Ramses because of the Ten Commandments and Yul Brenner. Um. But the only other pharaoh most Americans know at all is King Tut. Thanks to Steve Martin, yes. <laughs> Funny you should bring that up. Now, I could spend an hour lecturing you just on the name, Tutankhamun, um, but I'm not going to because it's boring to most people, fascinating to me. for that, yeah. But in 1976, and you probably remember this very well, and it was a three-year tour, 1976 to 1979, King mm-hmm. Tut came to America and millions Dave, you're overmodulating just a touch. If you can pull that mic down just a hair, millions of Americans went uh-huh. to see King Tut and stood in line for museums for hours, bought tickets, millions upon millions of dollars were made displaying King Tut's finery everywhere that there was to display it. You probably remember this national geographic yeah. out of, um, it went to six American cities and people would drive literally across states to go see this. I tried to convince my parents to do it. Uh, they weren't having any of that because number one, the tickets were very expensive, but number two, who wants to drive six, seven hours just to look at a bunch of old crap, right? Well, in the middle of all this in 1978, this week in 1978 on Saturday night live, Steve Martin, the famed comedian, turned banjo player, I guess, um, stood up on Saturday night live. He hosted the show. And in one of the most classic episodes ever of start of Saturday night live, sorry, he performed his hit song King tut. And we, everybody from that generation remembers that song. You can remember where you were the first time you heard it. You remember how many times you listened to it. I was in front of the TV watching Saturday night live. We all were. It was fantastic. Steve Martin was as comedians go, he was, he was amazing. You know, he was a wild and crazy guy, blah, blah, blah. Comic genius. Like most things though, the song that he performed 
wasn't just comedy. It was social commentary. And most people just missed it. I mean, they, they didn't get what he was actually saying, even though it was mm -hmm. very funny. There's a line in the song that says, King Tut, now if I'd known they'd line up just to see you, I'd trade in all my money and bought me a museum. King Tut. Yep. The, the point he was making was, here's this guy that's been dead for 3,000 years. We dug him up, and what are we doing with him? Are we learning anything from him, about him, or are we just making money on him? Mm -hmm. Most people miss that point, but at the end of the day, it was still pretty funny. This morning, Bill, today, April 26th, 2022, I rolled out of my bed at 0345 here, turned on mm -hmm. my phone, and do you want to know what the very first news story that popped up in my news was today. What was it? Steve Martin's song, King Tut, is offensive and must be canceled. Are you kidding me? I am not only not kidding you, you don't believe me, go Google King Tut Steve Martin and you will be utterly amazed. Are we talking about we a song? sense of humor. Well, are we talking about a song about history or... Are we talking about the history of a song about history and who gets to decide what that history is or was, or might be 20 more years from now? We Are they don't know. The bangles too. <laughs> God, I, I hope want to not. see those girls walk like an Egyptian again. They, they were, I enjoyed that band. I did. Man, they were, uh, they were something else, weren't they? Yes, absolutely. Susanna I Hoff. still go back and watch their videos from time to time. Same thing with King Tut and Steve Martin. I, I, I do it. I watched it this morning because it's so good. It was so exactly. funny. So I guess my question still is, are we talking about a song about history or are we talking about the history of a song about history and the future history thereof? Who decides what this gets to be? Who decides? Mm -hmm. and, and you'll notice who's not entering any of this conversation at all. King Tutankhamun. Nobody's talking about him at all. All we're talking mm -hmm. about is whether or not Steve Martin can dress up like King Tut, who's been dead for 3,000 years. It's not like the royal line is offended, right? Probably not, since that ended in uh, AD, what, 37 when Cleopatra died. So, no, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's bizarre to me. So, it, it leads to the standard question that, you know, Everybody asks, why study history at all? And we're going to dig into that some today. And we're going to have some fun with that. We continue with Dave Bowman in just 60 seconds here on Bill McLive. Links to Dave's podcast can be found on the WMMB and Bill McLive Facebook pages. Also shared a uh, podcast from earlier in the week that Dave had done. It's there for you as well as you can uh, that's on my personal Facebook page. So Dave Bowman with us from Silverdale, Washington, talking our Dave Does History segment. So who gets to decide all this, Dave? I mean, you are a historian. There are other historians around the planet, but do we have any input here? We are a dwindling number. You know that, right? Studies have shown that mm -hmm. historians are, the study of history is dying. Colleges aren't teaching it anymore. Students aren't taking the classes anymore. And there's a lot of questions and a lot of arguments as to why. It doesn't matter who you talk to. If you ask that question, why study history, you always get the same answer. And everybody could probably say it with me. 
because it comes from an incomplete quote from a guy by the name of George Satayana. We have to study history because those who do not study history are, say it with me, doomed doomed to repeat repeat it. And that's not everything he had to say, but that's what people know. So you got to ask the question, well, what exactly is history? Who decides what it is? I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm Jewish. We have an oral history, an oral tradition that predates Torah and those sorts of things. We as Americans have a bit of a, of, of an oral tradition that I think sometimes overwhelms our written history, which is the other way to do it. Who writes it down? I mean, that's uh, George uh, Winston Churchill said, winners write the history books. And right. others have said things to the thing that only the vanquished remember history. So in reality, history becomes this kind of corporate agreement as to what we've decided history actually is, which is actually the rest of the Satayana quote. He talks about it's, it's, it's the lies that we've all agreed that are true. So <laughs> where do we go from there? If, if we say that B follows A logically, then D must follow C, correct? But that's mm-hmm. not really how humans work. It's not how we, we function. Two people, this is one of the most fascinating things to me about people, is two of us, two different people can look at exactly the same thing, exactly the same facts, and come to two different polar opposite conclusions. And we see this in everything. When I, over Bill Maher's recent, well, last couple of years, utterations on social issues, you and I see that differently, although we watch the same thing. We see libertarianism differently. You see it as potheads and and. Hooker, hookers, hookers and blow, baby, right. hookers and blow. And while I'm not a libertarian, I, 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 I have libertarian leanings, obviously, but, but so I don't, see, but I don't see it the same way. I don't see pure libertarianism as, in fact, what I see libertarianism is as being liberal, which makes people mad, but that's another mm-hmm. day. Put it in the context of scripture. I mean, two people can read literally the same words on the page and come to two completely completely opposite conclusions about what it means politics, Mm -hmm. but especially in history. I don't know. One of the things that drives me nuts is people who say to me, well, if I had been there, I would have done it differently. You've probably heard somebody say that I I get this a lot about the constitution. Well, if I'd have been there, I would have done it differently. Well, what makes you think that? How can you look at the same facts and come to have a constitution or or a a convention of states, Dave. Yeah. Not going to happen, but that's that's a story. That's an argument for another day. Yeah, it is. The, the truth is that what we come to find out is what we're actually looking at is the, the same way that motivations and processes work in everything, not just history. We don't study history to avoid repetition, to be doomed to repeat it. Because if we did, we're doing a really crappy job of it because we keep repeating it. Yeah, that's that? very true. And we're going to get some examples from a favorite of Dave's in mind as we continue. Looking forward to that. Dave does history on Bill Mick Live. It's a Tuesday in our eight o'clock hour. You got to love this. We're back in moments on WMMB.
Dave Does History, our weekly journey through the Wayback Machine. Dave Bowman is with us on Bill Mick Live. The McPherson Financial Group bringing you the hour, 321-768-1240, or the talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app, your access to take part in the conversation. And uh, SpaceLaunchSchedule.com brings us our space launch coverage on the website at WMMBAM.com. On demand, just look for space launch coverage. It'll be there featuring launches from Florida. But if you go to the bottom of the page, you can link to launches from around the globe. Thanks to the folks at SpaceLaunchSchedule.com for that partnership. Enjoy them bringing us that information. All right, Dave, we're taking a look at history. And as you and I often do when we get to discuss it, uh, one of our favorite entertainment forums brings us good looks at history. It really does. Well, this goes back to what I'm talking about, Bill, is how do we actually learn our history, oral history traditions, written history traditions, and and what we've agreed on is reality. By the way, we did get a text during the during the break from Keith in Palm Bay, is that right? Who, yeah. Who wanted to remind me that Cleopatra was Greek. I, I know that. Um, she was also pharaoh. She was the last pharaoh, but she was Greek. Uh, the, the Greeks had ruled Egypt since uh, 323, since the death of Alexander. Anyway, completely aside. So... In, in, in 1968, there was a, an episode, it actually ran, I believe, in February of 1968 of what is hands down my favorite show, Star Trek, the original mm-hmm. series, or as far as I refer to it, the only Star Trek. Um, and it is- <laughs> I watched three episodes of Picard last night, just so you know. Yep. And it's getting back to good and, and actual Star Trek stories, not the Discovery nonsense that everybody is sick of. I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds, though. Anyway, go ahead. Well, they didn't have anywhere to go but up. So um, yeah. in, in February of 1968, they ran an episode called Patterns of Force. And Patterns of Force is controversial as a Star Trek episode. Mostly it's derided. Most people just make fun of it because it's called the Nazi episode. It's where they go to a planet and it's full mm-hmm. of Nazis. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that I'm not going to get into. But the... The reality of it is people today, I got into a discussion this week about this episode. Why even make this episode? Because this episode is clearly about the Holocaust. They constantly refer to the final solution. They're going to get rid of one of the planet's peoples, so forth and so on. And there's this argument about it's so over the top. It's so in your face. It's so absurd. Why did they do this in 1968? Well, 1968 was Base, when they filmed it, it was 67. So it was basically 22 years after the end of World War II, after the Holocaust became commonly known to have happened. Well, in our own world, Bill, what happened 22 years ago? If you think about it, the think about things were happening 22 years ago. The 2000 election, which 90% of the country believes uh, was entirely about Florida's hanging chads and that's it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sure people in Florida have a much different story about what happened, but the rest of the country doesn't see it that way. I was in California at the time and you know, the Florida jokes were bouncing off everything because you people, you just can't count. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Is that mm-hmm. what really happened? No. 2001. You know, we have all the events of 2001, September 11th, mm-hmm. but that was 22 years ago, Bill. And even today, our corporate memory, our corporate history of that day, even with all the media that we had, everything that we have that we didn't have in World War II, 
we still see that memory kind of fading. We still still see arguments about what actually happened that day. How many articles have when you I seen like that? When I was doing a poll question of the day on the website, that's been five, six years ago. People couldn't answer the question, what year did September 11th happen? They did not. And well, I'd say the majority of the audience got it right, but there were many who did not. They got the wrong year. Hmm. Well, I think September 11th happens every year, but but I get your point. Um, yeah. So history changes. And so by 1968, and most people don't realize this, by 1968, the, the Holocaust denial movement had become very, very big. And so here you have this Star Trek episode which deals head on with the final solution with the Holocaust. And, mm-hmm. and it reminds people, oh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe we should be thinking about the fact that this really did happen. And at the end of the episode, the whole thing is caused by dun, 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 a historian who, who, who doesn't get it right. He, he repeats the same mistakes of history and his comments at the end of it are fascinating because they are a rationale that the same rationale that Nazi Germany, he, he made the trains run on time. Marge shot, uh, some years ago, your, your Cincinnati red zoner. Well, Hitler mm-hmm. did good at first, literally the same argument 20 years after Star Trek's episode. So it, it, I see this episode as a reminder of the fact that we have to keep hitting ourselves in the face with the realities of things. Otherwise we start making rational or, you know, rationality arguments about what happened in the past. I actually love this episode because it does exactly that. And particularly mm-hmm. at the end with John Gill, even historians make mistakes. And when they do, well, how is everybody else supposed to learn if the historians aren't learning? Yeah. That's we pay the, the price question. because they made the mistake and everybody buys in. Dave, give me a second. As I remind everyone, the McPherson financial group makes this hour of the program possible place. You don't want to make mistakes getting ready for that retirement. It is the idea that you've got to invest. You've got to plan. You've got to prepare. You've got to save. But the end goal is more than savings. It's a retirement paycheck for you. How are you going to be okay, even in uncertain times? Well, you have a financial advisor who plans long-term, has programs that are effective in weathering the storms of the market. And we're going through one right now. The McPherson Financial Group, Art and his staff will give you a complimentary review of your retirement plan and help you lay out an income plan that's going to work for you. It's a deep dive into what you're doing to be ready for retirement. Reach out to them at 321-253-2016 or online at mcphersonfinancialgroup.com. The McPherson Financial Group LLC is a financial services firm that offers a broad array of products and services, including insurance and annuities. They're licensed in Florida. I'm compensated for the endorsement. And yes, they handle my financial planning and I I appreciate him doing so because that's not my wheelhouse for sure. Dave Bowman's wheelhouse is history, Dave. So Star Trek has given us perspectives, but who is, uh, he's doing the King Tut thing uh, on the video. That's funny. We don't share the video, but there it is. Anyway, um, what are we doing? How are we getting our traditions? How are we, and how do we know we're getting it right? I guess that's well, where that's, we're trying to come down here. And that's the question, isn't it? Because even as Star Trek, reminded us of something that was just 22 years old. Here we are, you know, 50 years after that. And we're still learning this. We're still reminding ourselves of the same lesson because today you could argue that, you know, now we're 70, 80, almost 80 years away from the Holocaust and Holocaust denialism has become even more prevalent. So how does this happen? You know, we just came through Passover 
And one of the things that the rabbis say is each generation has to come out of Egypt. If when you stop coming out of Egypt, that's when you're, that's when you're stuck back there. And history is the same way. We have to keep moving forward or else we're stuck in the past. And, and most people look at history and they go, well, I don't want to, who cares about things that happened a hundred, 230, 5,000 years ago. Well, the reality is not caring about those things, not understanding them, at least, at least with a, with a general knowledge of them is how we lead ourselves to places where John Gill can make his mistake. It's how we learn, lead ourselves to a place where uh, Steve Martin, they're calling for Steve Martin's canceling for a performance on Saturday night live in 1978. Now the people who are calling for that cancellation I guarantee it weren't even alive when Steve Martin did this. So what is it in their corporate understanding of things of themselves and other people that have led them to this conclusion that Steve Martin is offensive. Steve Martin, who, by the way, I, as far as I know, hasn't performed publicly in 15 years. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a long while. And he's retired. I think from comedy, he does, does, uh, he's got his bluegrass band and he does that, which is great. But you know, this, this, when we understand why things happen, we understand ourselves. And yeah, so when, and, and when we can laugh at ourselves, we, we gain an appreciation we might not otherwise have. We've got another segment left with Dave Bowman. We'll let you in with your perspectives on history if you like at 321-768-1240. If you're on the iHeartRadio app listening, hit that talkback feature. Tell us what you're thinking. We continue. Dave does history in moments right here on Bill McLeod. Till the last minute, the radio clock waits for no one. Call Bill now at 321-768-1240. The McPherson Financial Group bringing the hour. Dave Bowman with us as Dave does history. Make sure you're signed up top of the page at BillMick.com for our daily email. Monday through Friday, we call it the Insider. Hit your inbox about 4 o'clock each day and uh, catches you up on the latest that we've done, including our call of the day. And uh, any podcast or columns that come out will hit there first. So you will see that uh, email link in your back. If you're signed up, top of the page as an insider at BillMick.com. Dave Bowman with us as we uh, take a look at Dave Does History. Dave, where are we left now then? So just to kind of reset things a little bit, we, we talked about the Steve Martin video from 1978 on Saturday Night Live. He did a song called King Tut, People, a, a guy that's been dead for 3,000 years. Now people today, people are upset about his song because you got this pasty white guy dressing up as an Egyptian pharaoh and dancing on stage and doing all this stuff. And now people are upset. And so we're talking about how do people learn history? Why do they actually learn? And, and how do they get to, to where they are? Cause. And who I, determines what it is, who it's right. going to be, who decides those things. 
I really believe this. When we understand why things happened, we, we start to understand ourselves. And that makes me wonder sometimes, are we really learning anything? And who are the people controlling what we're learning? And are they making sure that we learn what we need to know to understand ourselves? How do we actually learn? We talked about learn? those enemies of the family in hour one today in our in a handbasket right. segment. And it's the teachers unions that are the generals of that. And I, and I understand we have a caller that wants to basically ask the same question. Well, let's get to it. We'll talk to Frank, who is in Melbourne. Frank, welcome to the show. You're on with Dave Bowman. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to be guilty of putting words in people's mouths here. But part of, you know, historians want to get everything down to the nitinoid details correct, and that's absolutely great. But I think that we're, we're kind of seeing the trees but not the forest here. You know, a child, you tell a child what is right. You don't, you don't, you don't let them try to reason because they have no power of reason. So, the, you know, the basic, the basic facts of history can be ascertained. World War II was from 1941 to 1945 for America. It was for 1939 to 1945 for Britain. For China, it was 1937 to 1945. So, but if you're teaching American kids, it's from 1941 to 1945. That's the fact. If they want to look into it more, if they become interested in it and look into it more, then they can learn more facts about it. And then you get into the, the marketplace of ideas. I mean, history is still just a marketplace. 1619 project, demonstrably false. It will fall to the wayside eventually because it is demonstrably false. So history is extremely important, and historians... They need to do the nitinoid work. There's no doubt about it. They need to get the facts right, but there'll be a different historian that comes out with different facts. And those marketplaces for people that are actually interested in it, I'm in Goebbels' diaries right now. Why do I, do I want to read about Goebbels? No, I don't. I want to know about the mind of evil. So, you know, it's, it's, it's important. History is incredibly important, but there's, there's degrees. We need to start off with just the basic, basic facts and let, Historians get into the nitinoid details, and if people are interested in it, they can go into the details. All right, Frank, thanks. I appreciate it. Dave, your thoughts there? To a degree, I, I actually agree with that. Um, I don't know that I, how I feel about being called nitinoid, but at the same time, <laughs> I, I get the point. As I was saying earlier about, uh, you know, I could lecture you for an hour on, on Tutankhamun's name. You know, yesterday at the Supreme Court of the United States, there was arguments in a case that's important up here, the Bremerton football coach. But one of the things that Justice Breyer said was, what are the facts in this case? Because you've got facts and the other side has facts and facts aren't malleable. They, they're either facts or they're not. So how can your facts be facts? But are you asking us to decide the facts of the case? Because that's not what we do. It's essentially what he said. So mm -hmm. when it comes to history, you're right. How do we decide what the facts are? And as I said earlier, you, you know, Holocaust denialism became a big thing in the sixties. It's becoming a big thing. Now we, we literally have a world leader on the stage right now today who is accusing another country, a country much smaller and much less powerful than his of being Nazis. And nobody is serious. I mean, we're all laughing at him. We're all going, you know, he's an idiot, but nobody is talking about why is he saying this and who's believing him? That's the real question. You know, we built into this whole thing in Ukraine and literally, I think sometimes myself and a friend of mine, uh, Mike, were the only two people talking about the July 1914 crisis and the parallels between it. Who's learning about this history? And what about tomorrow? What will the history be tomorrow? In 20 years, what will we be talking about 
for the Ukraine war. In 20 years, what will we be talking about? You know, anything that's happening. Uh, Joe Biden's presidency. Elon Musk, will he be, you know, a major character in history or will he, will he be ridiculed out of, out of the real the pages? Uh, what about well, the things we're seeing play out today? Things like the push to electric vehicles. He's on the forefront of that with Tesla, with uh, privatized space, and and of course we're naturally heavily focused on that here. It's a big part of our industry on the space coast, and and now what he's doing with Twitter, which is one of the predominant forms for communication in the country. You'd think he's got to be big in history books someday, right? He will be big in the history books, but how will he be remembered as a great innovator, Nikolai Tesla? Or will he be remembered as a Thomas Edison? Because, you know, when I was growing up, Thomas Edison was a genius. Today, Thomas Edison is a thief and a, and a, and a bad guy who stole all of Tesla's ideas. So how will Elon Musk be remembered? How about somebody like Vladimir Zelensky? How is he going to be seen 10, 15, 25 years from now, 100 years from now? Will he be seen as a hero or will he be seen as a Nazi? that had to be suppressed. And really it kind of comes down to who wins and what the attitude becomes downstream. And this is what I'm talking about. We are ourselves. We, we learn ourselves based on what we're told. The Frank, the caller said, you know, you, you have to be taught the basics. I, I agree because you have to have a starting point, but mm-hmm. how then do you tell people, how do you, how do I take Bill Mick? And convince him that it's important to understand for your world today, how do I make you understand that why the difference between Tutankhamun and Tutankhaten are important to you? And see, that's the problem that we historians face because it matters. It changed the world. His name changed, his name changed, changed the world. But virtually nobody outside of the world of Egyptian history understands why or even cares why. Yeah, that's a good point. And they're going to say, what's it matter to me? We're back with Dave Bowman in just 60 seconds. It's Dave Does History on Bill McLive. Coming up at five after the hour, coming up then, uh, you'll get your first CUDA text on there, CUDA enter on the day. Happens on the website at WMMBAM.com. It's a grand in your, in your hand from Glenn Beck through Sean Hannity on WMMB. Dave does history on Bill McLive. Dave, let's wrap this thing up this morning and we'll get to calls. So by way of example, let me give you one thought that I have on this whole thing with Steve Martin and the song. 1978 was a much different world. And a Gen Z person does not think the way a boomer does. But there's something in Steve Martin's song that, that interests me. And that is, you know, he just talked about the difference in the name. Tutankhaten versus Tutankhamun. But you'll notice that he shortened the song to just King Tut. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody knows him as. And we've agreed on his history as King Tut, which means that we don't have to know any of the rest of it. And I think sometimes that's how our history works. We agree on the simplest explanation of things because we don't really want to be bothered with the rest of it. And we just go on with our lives quietly. We're more of a fast food nation now than we ever were. Exactly. We don't want to carry those scalded dogs. Yep, very, very true. Let's get to those phone calls. We'll begin on line two. Good morning. You're on with Dave Bowman doing history. Good morning. Good morning, Dave and Bill. Uh, the um, very quickly here, I would like to say that uh, the uh, the target of his uh, of his uh, of his diatribe about Nazis in Ukraine is the Russians. 
He wants the Russian people to know why he's going in there and they're dying and so forth and sacrificing because it's, there's Nazis. And, the, and the, you know, the Russians, the Russians have this uh, knowledge of the history of Nazism and what it did to them. You know, 100 million Russians died or however many. But one thing caught me this morning that really caught me, what you said about the, about the, the Holocaust. And, and, and I thought to myself, right, you know, I went to a very liberal college, and liberals are very anti-Israel, and I don't know why. And then, you know, over the years, I've begun to realize that neo-Nazis are that very anti-liberal. And I said, what's the, what's the combination? What, what, what's going on with these, with these liberals and leftists and communists who hate Israel and want to destroy Israel? And, the, and these neo-Nazis, these young, stupid, uh, you know. Mario, need you to bring me to a conclusion on your point here. Okay, my point is, what, what, the, hell, what the hell's going on? Why, why is it that neo-Nazis and liberals and leftists and communists hate Israel? Okay, let's get Dave's response. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I think, I think you'll find that anti-Semitism is one of the oldest hatreds in existence, it's uh, there are courses out there you can take about anti-Semitism. The other question I would ask is, why do you suspect that it's only the Russians that Vladimir Putin is talking to? I suspect that it's probably about forty-five percent of Americans too. Mm, interesting thought, uh, Dave. Before we get back to try to wrap up with some phone calls, you had some information was requested an email from last week. Yeah. Let's lay that out before I we got, move further. I got an email and wanted me because I had mentioned some some bibliography stuff, some courses, and some books and stuff. And and I I haven't forgot about that. If if you listen to my show, you know I've had a hell of a week. Um, but I do have a post that will be going up either today or tomorrow. So check my website plausiblylive.com, and you will see a post there that has all of the the bibliography that I offered last week and some suggestions for reading and listening. All right. Very good. Line three, you're next with Dave Bowman. Good morning. I always find it ironic that the academics don't, they miss the part of when they get their success of the takeover. They're the first ones that go to the gulag. It amazes me. Uh -huh. But um, I, I, I stumbled on something on what I consider the left side CNBC, uh, business channel reporting about McGraw Hill who controls what 25, 30% of the educational textbooks that on their uh, call to shareholders and stuff, one of their top priorities. And I don't know how long this has been going on. I, I find it just another explanation for indoctrination. One of their top priorities is adjusting the textbooks to do psychological directional education toward equity, social justice, and social climate justice. That's why you're getting questions like the math questions. I like to know how long this has been going on. They're openly indoctrinating our kids. Psycho psychological Google this. All right, I got to leave it there, Keith, because the hour's almost done, and I want to get Dave's response in play. Dave, go right ahead. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that because there's money to be made, and they're going to sell what people want. So there you go. The other thing I would say is if you, if you want to discuss it further, my email, Dave at the Dave Bowman show.com. I actually have a phone number. You can leave me a voicemail 209-565-DAVE. I don't answer it, but if you want to leave me a text or a voicemail, that's where you can get a hold of me. And I love to talk history. So. All right. And plenty of time to do that for us, Dave. It'll be next Tuesday. I'm sure we'll talk between now and then, but Next Tuesday, we'll get together here on this forum and uh, have some more fun. Dave, I appreciate it, buddy. A lot of research, a lot of work you put into it. I'm looking forward to continuing this for many, many years. Yep, you and I both. 
This hour has been brought to you by the McPherson Financial Group. You missed anything we do all day long, the podcast section at BillMick.com and the Bill Mick Live iHeartRadio channel. Tomorrow on the show, a wide open Wednesday. Do your research, mm-hmm. get your topic ready. I'll turn it over to you and let you do it. I'm going to do mine too. But hey, it's one day a week I give you to talk anything you like, and we'll see you in the morning at 6 on WMMB. Now go win some money.